From Mondays.plop.com, it's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Richard Campbell, Mark Miller, and Karen Greenwald announcing show number 12. Podcasting, webcasting, fish casting, why don't we just call it Shut the Fuck Up Casting? Mondays <laughs> is produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com And now, the man whose only weapon is a naked picture of B. Arthur, strapped to his crotch, Carl <laughs> Franklin! <laughs> oh, Christ! Don't come anywhere near me with that thing, man. <laughs> Isn't that a little itchy by now? <laughs> <laughs> Again, for the record, Carl came up with this joke, <laughs> not me. Actually, actually, we'll stop with the disclaimer. Actually, come on. It was somebody in the chat room during the Dot and Rocks oh, recording really? that happened a couple hours ago. I that, can't remember who came up with it, that's but it's terrible. Might have been Rob Windsor or something, but oh, it was great. Now a man surfing for naked pictures of B. Arthur. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> well, how are you guys? It's been a couple of weeks. We're, we're better for the rest, baby. Definitely. We're seasoned. I can't say that I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing all the work, though. <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but... Yeah. So, Jeff, uh, what happened at your house this week? Uh, well, my for one thing, my hot water heater blew up, uh, and it's an electric hot water heater, so there was water leaking out of the bottom of the... Electric, yeah, just not good. Electric water. Yeah, either. electric and water doesn't mix in. I haven't been able to shower for a while, and the, and the dishwasher sucks, and you can't wash dishes in cold water, so... You could probably fit in the dishwasher, don't you think? <laughs> I could probably fit in the dishwasher, but it's not... Throw a little cascade in there, man. You'd be all set. But it's it's still cold. You know, it can heat the water a little bit, but not oh, much. Yeah. It, stu- it sucks, you know? And it could actually heat it up to the point of where you could actually cook fish and stuff, so you'd be pretty pink when you yeah, come yeah, out there. Have you ever noticed you never asked Jeff, Jeff, how was your week? And Jeff is like... Like, oh, it's a great week. Never. I had an yeah. excellent That's week. Right. So, oh, my hot water broke. <laughs> freaking Eeyore. Yeah. yeah. We're doomed. During that, we'll um, never make it. Yeah, during the Nor'easter, my dad drove into a snowdrift that had a, or he thought it was a pile of snow <laughs> in the road, but there was actually a rock in the middle oh. of it, so he blew out one of his tires. Oh, so he's been oh, driving no. around my younger stepbrother's <laughs> 1985 Mazda 626. So that's that's been pretty cool, you know. <laughs> It's like you know that, that stuff doesn't happen to anybody else. No, yeah. and certainly you, not you on a weekly basis. One. Let's see what else happened. Well, the radiator, not the radiator. The uh, the radiator in my room is still broken, so my room is still about forty five degrees at night, and the furnace is uh, starting to uh, well sort of fall apart. So, in addition to the furnace and the hot water heater and the radiator and the blown out tire, <laughs> uh, it's been a great week. 
it's been a phenomenal week. I've been playing a lot of video games. Um, <laughs> Which make do you usually play a lot of? Actually, video no, games? I don't usually play a lot of video so games. So no hot water, no heat, no At shower. Which point are you living in a cardboard box? Uh, well, you know, I got some, I got some guys, and I owe them some money, and you know, I'm thinking <laughs> the cardboard box is going to be coming up soon. But you know, I'm not, I'm just not ready for that kind of commitment to a new place. So. Uh, the plenty of space in New London, as far as cardboard boxes are concerned, man. Yeah, hey, you know, I've been I've been checking out the real estate. You know, the... so Richard, you've been checking out some toys, I hear. Oh, you know, I'm I'm always working. It's an endless supply. <laughs> you know, I found the greatest podcasting toy of all time. Are you gonna let? Uh, is this one gonna slip out early? You want it? Sure, go for it's, it. I mean, it stands by itself. This is a transcendent toy. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's Ooh. good toys. And then there's toys that make you drop whatever you're doing and start spending money. <laughs> I love it. Go for it. Are you ready? Go for it. This is, I mean, this is a toy. Okay. Well, I got to just, I shrinksterized it, of course. Shrinkster.com slash 40R as in Romeo. 40R. 40R. The company is called Omnify Media. Okay. Yep. Omnify Media. Now, this is what they're making. It's a combined solution. So there's a piece that you put in your house. You don't have to buy all these pieces because it's all based on Wi-Fi. But there's a piece Mm. you can put in your house, which is your MP3 player system for your home theater. You run some software on your computer to have your music accessible that way. But then they also have a car audio module. So this is a head unit for your car, 20 gig hard drive. And it communicates either by USB or by Wi-Fi. Nice. So you can when you copy f- when you download files they immediately go to your car. Well, that's is the whole thing is you set up the software to say see this folder, anything goes in this folder I want it on my car. So it is oh, a wow. It's a podcasting car It's a car caster. That's really <laughs> awesome. Caster, yes. <laughs> that's totally cool. I shut awesome. the fuck up and get out of my car caster. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, is amazing. this expensive? Because these kinds of toys usually are. That's the the killer, man. We're talking all those pieces combined about five hundred bucks. The car. Oh man, that doesn't seem bad, right? I mean, no, that's pretty good. That's cheap. So what if you just bucks for the car solution? As long as you've already got a Wi-Fi set up in your house, you're done. You need their software on your PC to do the relaying, set up a BitTorrent. Your podcast configured, you are done. Okay, that is I have a question. Just out of curiosity, say you're somebody who doesn't know how this works, like hypothetically. Like you, maybe. How do you, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> how would you get this in, like, uh, who can you call? Jeff. To- Jeff will do it. Oh, yeah? yeah? Well, you have to get a car audio person to install the thing in your car, just like, you know. Yeah, it's just a car stereo, right? I mean, in the end, this is just a car stereo. just has a few extra features in it. Here's the thing. I still have a universal remote that I've had that costs like $150, and I've had it for a year and a half, and I'm still not programmed or something. I think it was You can get those at Walmart for $20. It's probably one of the ones with a screen. Well, could you have done that like a while ago? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty complicated. We got off. it over. No, we got it over the internet. Did you buy it on an airplane? Ripped off. Oh, oh. actually, was yeah. Was this in Sky Mall? <laughs> I shop a lot on Sky Mall, actually. Because let me just clue you in. Overpriced. <laughs> no, maybe I'm wrong, but it was really expensive, and we haven't worked it for like a year and a half. And that's why Sky it was Mall expensive. overpriced. No, no. Expensive. <laughs> but so very convenient oh, and man. neatly packaged. Well, now that you have the spotlight, Karen, how was your week? It was good. Do you know what I did all week? What? 
tried to find a room in Orlando. Oh. <laughs> it was nearly impossible, but BJ's came through for me. You know, and I'm so disappointed. Why are you going to Orlando, Karen? I'm going to Orlando because we're broadcasting live from there on March 22nd. Yes, we are. Yeah, we, we are. are. And I'm going to be there. That's right. In the nude. In the n- No, no, I'm not. That's what Carl I said. I said, I'm not going unless Karen's going to be in the nude. Fine, fine, whatever. She said she's in the nude. <laughs> I said I'm gone. But only when she's alone in her room. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's going to be at the Hyatt Grand Cypress Resort. We've and- got extra keys made for everyone in the audience. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Actually, where is the Hyatt? Because I am totally don't know uh, where It's I in am. Orlando. Okay, so anyway. Fair enough. Yeah, that's all I know. Just say, take me to the Hyatt and you'll okay. go. So when you check there. in, Karen, they ask you how many keys. Ask for like 150. <laughs> Keys. <laughs> Trying to set a record this weekend. <laughs> oh, and a couple extra towels too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Not going to good places. <laughs> well, anyway, so if you're interested in coming to see us, it is going to be open to the public. Just go to the Hyatt Grand Cypress, and um, there's going to be a deve- there's going to be a conference going on down there, a developer conference, uh, and uh, just uh, it's going to be in there somewhere. Just ask around where Mondays is going to be. So. And that's all we have to say about that. So, uh, Mark Miller. Yeah, man. How are you, my friend? I'm pretty crappy. Why? Crappy now that you ask. You don't sound crappy. Well, you you know, I am crappy. I'm, uh, I've been, uh, uh, I I transitioned over to a new computer and in general I was damn giddy about the whole thing uh, until I noticed some odd behavior, some uh, slowdown on, uh, on uh, viewing uh, uh, websites and, uh, and also a strange thing when I hit the delete key when I'm composing an email of all things I'd have like a one or two second pause, so I googled the whole thing and found out it was uh, caused by uh, Norton Internet Security Tool oh. that I had installed. Now, now let me give you some history. My old machine had Norton Antivirus, so I go to the new that, that was the old machine. I go to the new machine and I'm like, well, okay, uh, let's uh, you know uh, I, I can go for maybe doing an upgrade or something like that because I really don't want to go through the hassle of uninstalling and moving it over. So I go over to go the 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 upgrade and they you know and I saw my upgrade for like twenty nine bucks and just to the right of it for thirty nine bucks I could get more. I could get Norton <laughs> Internet Security. Oh boy. I could Sweet. get spam, you know, anti-spam uh, control and uh, all sorts of neat, good, neat goodies, and they, they suckered me in. Yeah, and I said, on- okay, I'm going to do it. The only catch is, you know, they, they give you a contract when you buy that, and you got to sign it with blood. You have to prick your finger. and you know. <laughs> so I get this. I, so I download the software, and, and I install it, and I experience this, you know, this crappy, you know, these delays. I do a search, and, and I basically even get, verify it on Norton's site or on Semantic's site, and they say, uh, yeah, yeah, we know this, this bug has been reported to us, but we don't know what's, how it's, why it's happening yet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, crap. And then I do another search for, you know, the problem and the advice on the problem is uninstall Norton, you know, this is not from, uh, <laughs> nice. I, not from semantic site, but somebody else said uninstall Norton internet security. Mm. So I'm like, oh God, I don't want to do that because I, you know, Norton antivirus. So I go to go, you know, I say, I, just, I go in to try and configure it so I can just turn it off and it is impossible to turn yeah. off Norton internet security. Yeah. Without also shutting down Norton Antivirus. I can no longer run Norton Antivirus standalone because I upgraded, because I gave them an extra $10. I found a similar thing with a, a Kapersky internet, uh, I mean, it's an antivirus software that's gotten really good reviews on Consumer Reports and everything. So my brother uh, told me about it, and uh, I installed it, and it wants to run a full system scan all the time. And the thing is, it won't let you adjust the, the thread priority. 
you know? So, yeah. which is what I normally do. Here's a nice little tip. You know, if you got a program that's chewing up CPU space, you just go into the uh, task manager, switch over to the process view, and right click on it, and you can set the priority to below normal. Right. And uh, if you have like my advanced bitch slapper 1.0 tool, <laughs> it allows you to do the same thing with a single click. Yeah. So this would, this one says access denied. It's like, come on, you're going to take up 99.9% of all my resources and not allow me to slow you down. You, you highlight you're the gone. DLL and you click the bitch slap button. You're gone, man. <laughs> and then it plays a wave file. Your ass is mine. Hey, speaking of wave files, I was doing this uh, code camp up in Waltham a few weeks ago, and it was a free event on a Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, 400 or so developers came out, and I showed them some stuff. It was like a full day all Carl. It was fun. And at one point, I was showing them how to handle, how to display er that errors have happened, right? That, so that something went wrong. They typed something wrong. And what I was doing is I was showing a little icon in the grid, in a grid full of data. And when you type something incorrect and move off of a cell, like an Excel spreadsheet cell kind of, then uh, this little exclamation mark would pop up. When you hover over it, it would tell you what, they, what you did wrong. And somebody in the audience said, you know, that's kind of obscure that somebody could miss that. You have to actually hover over it. Isn't there anything you could do that would be a little stronger programming-wise and, you know, like maybe play a sound or something? And I said, sound, yeah. Okay, I got an idea. And I pulled out uh, uh, Cool Edit Pro that I had on my laptop and I enabled the microphone in the laptop. And I said, on the count of three, I want everybody to say, you idiot! At the top of their lungs, okay? One, two, three. And they did, and I had this wave file right here. You idiot! So 400 people yelling, you idiot, and I actually wrote the code to plug it in so when you type the incorrect thing and you hit tab, it actually said, you idiot, and that was really fun. But Sweet. Then I was, Jeff and I were mucking around uh, on the internet, and we found this site. Actually, Jeff found this site, I think. Jeff found this site. We were talking about uh, the reverb in the parking garage at the Westin where I was staying when I was doing the code camp. And when I slammed the door of my car in the basement of this parking garage, it seemed like the echo went on forever. Just like, Gush. and it was really amazing. So Jeff says, you know, uh, have you heard of xylophone? And I said, what, a xylophone? He goes, no, xylophone. And Jeff, why don't you tell us what xylophone is? Uh, so, so, uh, what it is, it's a big grain silo in, I think, uh, in Montreal. And uh, this guy said, wow, this place has some amazing reverb. And so he stuck a computer in there, stuck some speakers in there, stuck a mic in there, and stuck an internet connection in there, bought silophone.net, and set up a website that lets you send audio files to be played out the speakers through that computer there, recorded via the mic that's in the silo, and sent back to the computer of anybody who's listening to Silophone, <laughs> especially the people who do the recording. Um, so so what you can you, upload files yeah. and listen to them played through the silo and recorded. But the, I guess the thing is, is that it's like a public stream. So anybody who's on there uploading and playing their tunes, you'll also your tunes, their little sound bits, you'll also hear those. But earlier, before the show started, we actually recorded "You Idiot" wave. Through the silo phone, it sounds like this. This is freaking amazing. Wow. 
That's a little bit longer than the garage at the West End. That's pretty <laughs> amazing. Just a bit of reverb. Yeah. And that's not digital so, reverb, man. Yeah, reverb. that's real, real reverb. So we were thinking, you know, what else might sound good in the xylophone? Awesome. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I feel like I've gone to heaven. <laughs> you know? Up at the pearly gates, the poopy gates. That's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they're not so pearly, are they? Yeah. Oh, well. That's great, man. You know, when I, when I hear you tell that story, Carl, I just think, you know, where, where are we going these days in this electronic age? We really need to go back to, to you know, real reverb done by real silos. I think rock stars should bring their own silos with them. I agree. <laughs> I just think... I just think this digital age just takes away from takes away a little bit. All from right, it all. so we're gonna switch from silos to movies. It's time for Girl on Film with our resident movie expert Karen Greenwald. Oh yeah. What's up, Karen? Oh, not much, Carl. I'm I'm spotlighting an actress this week. Is this a, a connection film this week? It is a connection spotlight. Really? Okay. This week in the spotlight, Tracy Lords. Oh, yeah. Tracy Lords. one and only. Some of you might know of her. She was born in 1968 and wasted no time getting straight to work in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to admire that work ethic, right? <laughs> yeah. Figure it out for yourself. This girl is dedicated and experienced. And she has an impressive body of work. Um, (laughs) Both of them. Both of her bodies are impressive. And you might remember her inspiring turn a la Hilary Swank in Foxy Boxing. Or as the mastermind of the film Hot Cum Orgy. Ooh. <laughs> so, she was a, the mastermind in that film, I do recall. So yes. does your mother listen to this show? Um, she doesn't know how to download A superlative it. performance. <laughs> um, she has had so many memorable performances in Huge Bras, Sex Fifth Avenue, Tailhouse Rock. <laughs> Lust in the Fast Lane, and of course, <laughs> Whore of the Worlds. Awesome. Tracy, Excellent. she's a genuine actress. She's not afraid to be honest and open up, uh, like, in, <laughs> like in such films as Open Up, Tracy. <laughs> she's also a brave actor. She has taken on roles that other actors would run from. Tracy will take it on, which is, I think, the name of another one of her films. But she, she's taken on the role of the devil in New Wave Hookers. She's took on, she took on the role of Pestilence, which was actually a role, Pestilence, really? in The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. And that being said, she's equally as able to switch roles like that of her stellar performance in Blackthroat as the first whore. Ah. Seamlessly. <laughs> seamlessly. Um, I need to note for this audience that Tracy Lords was also the voice of Commander Kyoto in the 2002 video game Defender Saving the Human Race. Um, some of you might also, some of you might only know Miss Lords from her Swedish erotica series, <laughs> the best of which, by the way, is Swedish Erotica 57. But uh-huh. you will not be able to follow Swedish Erotica 57 without seeing 56. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, was that a Scorsese film? 56? <laughs> no, 56 was not. 54 okay. was. We all know Tracy Lords carried the film Blade. But what you might not know is that she's made versions of Hollywood films that oftentimes surpass the original film. Two prime examples are The Night of Loving Dangerously and Beverly Hills Copulator. (laughs) (laughs) She dedicates her heart, mind, and body to her work. And uh, although she is, as of yet, unrecognized by the Academy, Tracy Lords has definitely made her mark on the industry of film. Awesome. She's looking for her nod, man. Wonderful. We need an applause machine here. Good job, Karen. I'm like one guy clapping. <laughs> one guy clapping. <laughs> All right. Listen to that thunderous applause for Stick Karen Greenwald. the reverb machine. Yeah, that's right. Put it in the silo phone. Oh, my God. How awesome is that? Good job, Karen. <sighs> Tracy Lords. Tracy Lords. Now it's time... For Mark Miller to do us all a favor and point out some people that are actually dumber than us to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Mm, Mark Miller. Thanks, Carl. How are you? I'm doing good. Much better than I was earlier in the show. Why is it that whenever you start this story, I expect this finger, you know, from somewhere in California (laughs) aiming sort of in the eastern direction? Yes, I'm pointing at you, Jeff. (laughs) Can't you see him? One day you'll be in my stories. Dude, there's plenty to to go around right now. Number one, idiot car thief, too dumb for jail. 22-year-old Londoner Mohammed Zaman decided it would be a good idea to steal a car. Having succeeded at the actual stealing part, he next had the brilliant idea of driving the stolen vehicle straight into the parking lot of a London police station to confess. (laughs) Mohammed's unexpected U-turn stunned grateful officers who were oblivious to the fact that the roadside heist had even occurred. As the conscious stricken Mohammed was arrested, he explained, uh, someone put me up to it. (laughs) That's how they speak over there in London. Yeah. (laughs) Adjourning the case at Southwark Crown Court, Judge Paul Dodson said, frankly, you are an idiot, and I hope you realize that. (laughs) I love it when the judges cut right to the chase, you know? (laughs) No beating around the bush. So, uh, Mr. Daretaken, car stealing, police station parking man, you, sir, are dumber than me. <laughs> Story number two. He did it for the dope. Ahmad Habib Sadeh, a man who survived eight days under the rubble of his home after a devastating earthquake in Iran last month. Turns out he didn't survive at all. <laughs> it turns out he was a big fat liar. Oh, no. According what? to local officials, the man made the story up just to get free hospital drugs. <laughs> Fair He's enough. an addict and a liar, said a doctor at a hospital in Zerun, southeastern Iran. When he came into the hospital this morning, he had no signs of dehydration, bruises, or even dust on his clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mr. Big Fat Liar Iranian Guy, you, sir, are dumber than me. 
not very creative, is he? <laughs> I know. Put a little effort in. Really? Number oh, three. Geez. Hot coworkers show horny gorilla their boobies. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh, no. Iris Rivera, 39, has decided to sue the Gorilla Foundation in San Mateo County Superior Court, claiming the foundation president repeatedly told her to expose her breasts as a way to bond with the animals. <laughs> But no, my friends, this is not a simple case of sexual harassment at the workplace because the president of the Gorilla Foundation is also caretaker for Coco, a world-famous sign language-speaking gorilla. According to the president, it was the gorilla who pressured the woman to expose her breasts. <laughs> Can you sue a gorilla? Well, I don't, I'm just imagining the gorilla in court. They're like, uh, so, Mr. Coco, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And Coco signed something, and the interpreter says he wants to see your nipples, Mr. Prosecutor. And then, and then Coco flings poo. Everybody's like, uh, okay. Now you realize Coco is female. No, really? Really? No, I didn't realize that. The story's funnier if Coco's male. Did she date no. Jeff at one point? Ah. <laughs> story's funnier. And actually, to be honest, the, uh, the, the caretaker, the president of this organization is also female, so... Go figure on all of this, but it's funnier if they're male. But anyway, no, it makes it a lesbian gorilla. Yeah, he's got the same haircut as Jeff. I mean, it all makes sense now. Well, listen, guys. As far as I'm concerned, this is just more proof that monkeys are on the precipice of taking over the world. I mean, you remember the story we did the last time about the monkeys in the park that were mugging those people, right? I mean, all I have to say is thank God Charlton Heston is president of the NRA. Forget terrorists, man. Monkeys are the real enemy. It's the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Story number four. Man learns headaches caused by 12-centimeter knife stuck in head. Huh? <laughs> that could do it. <laughs> he was thinking, you know, work-related stress. Could be my diet. Knife and head. <laughs> stress. It could be stress at work. A Polish man suffering from headaches and a lack of appetite checked into a Bialystok hospital where physicians were, in sh were shocked to find the knife blade lodged in his cranium. The man was reportedly completely unaware that he had a 12-centimeter long knife blade stuck in his brain. <laughs> That's why he wasn't hungry. He couldn't yeah. find his knife. <laughs> You'll remember the story before about the guy that shot his face with the uh, rocket, uh, with the, uh, the the nail shooting gun, went up his right, nose. Right. Same issue, man. Apparently, it's okay to poke your brain with things. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> no it's pain okay. receptors. The man said all he remembers is getting drunk, then falling off a kitchen stool, but he said he noticed no blood and had no major pain at the time. He also said that he later found the handle of his favorite knife, but spent the rest of the afternoon wondering where the blade had mysteriously vanished. <laughs> wow. So phys physician Merrick Rogowski says the knife blade entered under the right ear near the sideburn and went to the base of the skull near the roof of the mouth. It stopped on the jawbone. It could have caught major blood vessels and nerves, but it did absolutely no harm whatsoever. Wow. Physicians simply yanked the blade out of the man's head without any complications, Rogowski said. Did they use a magnet? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. For those of you that don't speak metric, that's just under five inches long. So this is a, not a small knife. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let's take that quote out of context, can we? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Mr. Right, Polish Jeff. knife jabbing blade misplacing hole in your head, man. You, sir, are dumber than me. 
Number five. <laughs> Buddhist monk sees no evil. A Buddhist monk who mistook super glue for eye drops has provided <laughs> hours of entertainment and fun for all his friends. Oh, 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 the monk from Mathuris oh. Temple in Muang Ang Thong District, about 100 kilometers north of Bangkok, told the paper he had gone into the temple's drug cabinet looking for eye drops to soothe an itch. <laughs> But he mistakenly took a tube of super glue instead. Now, as you can imagine, one thing led to another, and soon hilarity ensued. <laughs> the monks, the monks were in stitches. At the suggestion of another monk, he applied some paint thinner to try to get rid of the glue, oh, which only caused his eyes to burn. He said, "Oh God." Uh. The monk underwent a two-hour sur surgery operation at Provincial Angthong Hospital using acetone solvent to remove the glue from his right eye. Oh, what Doctors planned to work on his other eye later when they got around to it. <laughs> now, folks, this story, there are so many mongerers of dumb, I'm not sure where to begin. You got the packaging guy at the super glue company who said, hey, let's place our product in a container that looks just like eye drops. <laughs> you got the monk's paint funny. thinner pouring friend. <laughs> you got the physicians who took two hours to pour acetone solvent into the monk's eye. You got the monk. Now, Carl, this just goes to prove what I've always said. If you got an itch, don't use medication. Just scratch it. It's okay. Really, really, it's okay. <laughs> and finally, oh. finally, for people dumber than me, uh, pajama day at work. On this day, the most dramatic day in the first two weeks of Michael Jackson's child molestation trial, Michael showed up in court wearing pajamas. And I got a shrinkster for you, folks, if you haven't seen this. It's at shrinkster.com slash 484. You can see uh, Michael there wearing his, uh, his blue pajamas. I hadn't seen this, actually. So yeah. mad. Now, uh... Folks, I'm not an attorney, but oh, uh, my advice to Mr. Wacko Jacko, get the kid in the sacko, <laughs> is to put on some pants. Just get your pants on, okay? You're in court, man. Get some pants on. <sighs> hey, how do you it. know when it's uh, bedtime at Neverland Ranch? Oh, Jesus. When the big hand's over the little hand. Oh, All right. Oh, oh. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know how to follow that, but I guess we can talk toys with Richard the Toy Boy. About the Sonic Boom. So what's up, man? Well, Let's hear you know, some of those crazy it's toys. It's always a good day in Toyland. Although I've actually, you know, I'm not as wound up as, as Mark is about his technology problems. But <laughs> I had to tell you, Mark, my air, the air conditioner broke in the server closet today. Yeah. That is not a trivial thing. That my server closet hit 120 degrees before we got the thing cooled down again. Ugh. So it's it's not all been rose and sunshine, you know. But a lot of people have been giving me flack about having all the gear, and there's a price to be paid. But you know, Richard, I can totally see you. you're almost like a superhero with all your gear. You know, you're like, honey, closet, 120 <laughs> degrees. Must go in now. <laughs> you got like all your glasses and goggles and stuff going in, and your little cooling hut, suit hut, and hut, stuff hut, 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 hut. going in there. I can just see you, man. <laughs> my LED flashlight and my remote control air conditioner controller. You're just a step away from fighting crime. <laughs> just a step away. Put him on a belt. That and I just can't get in a pair of tights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you haven't tried hard I know, enough. That's been my problem too, man. <laughs> well, there are limitations. Yeah. 
But that's I don't want to talk enough about me in the bedroom. Let's let's go on and talk about toys, man. You want hardware? Hardware. Yeah, I want hardware. You want serious hardware? Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, here's some serious hardware. You know, some of my work has to do with fairly secretive stuff. Okay, I have clients who are very careful about how information is moved around and so forth. And one of the problems we run into is when hard drives fail. Because sometimes when hard drives fail, you can still get data off of them, but you can't really use the drive anymore. And we can't erase it properly either. So we're sort of stuck. What do you do with this hard drive? And, you know, taking it apart by hand is fun only once or twice. <laughs> but there's a better solution. I found a company that makes a business of dealing with this sort of equipment. And it's at shrinkster.com slash 40U, as in uniform. Now, there's a bunch of products here that you got to see. Ooh. Industrial shredders and disintegrators. Yes. Personally, I like anybody who's got enough nerve to create a website <laughs> about disintegrators. I know, man. You know, that's special. What did you make today, sweetheart? Built a half a dozen disintegrators. <laughs> Do they have any, like, point-and-shoot disintegrators? Because that's what I'm looking for. That's what you're... Yeah, something that'll disintegrate at a distance. Now, Look, there was one with a conveyor belt, man. Just to get an idea of how serious these people actually are. On the link that I just gave you, on that page, you see it near the top, it says hard drives, and it's a link. Click on that link, the hard drives link. Because that the really shows the... you what these guys can do to a hard drive. On the top right, right? It's a, it's You're talking about the, the paragraph, middle. right? It's in the text. The paragraph of yeah. text, like second yeah. paragraph down, I think? In the, yeah, in the second paragraph down in the Got text it. about it's hard oh drive God. destruction. Okay? These guys will reduce a hard drive into bits the size of your little baby fingernail. Right? So, so we're kind of looking like at a before drive and gravel. We're looking at before and after picture here. On the left <laughs> is a hard drive, and on the right is a pile of metal bits. Yeah, a pile of gravel. I mean, just completely destroys them. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that serious? This, when we say disintegration, we are not fooling around. Why couldn't you just do that with a big hammer? Yeah, you know you could. <laughs> That's but it'd the take funny a while. thing. <laughs> I think it's be not more that impressive. Easy to do. I think it would be more impressive if they melted them and turned them into red pools of lava. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's cool about no. this too. It's good for your landfills because the hard drive probably takes about half as much space as it did when you started. Because you know, with all that empty space gone, and it will biodegrade more quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think this is something that was invented by the Department of Homeland Security. No, this was this was invented by Enron. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, the funny part, of course, is that these things are not cheap. Like, if you take a look at that uh, Model 22 <clears throat> HDS, which is really the one recommended for hard drive destruction. <laughs> How it works. Oh, my God. 35000 bucks. <laughs> yes, they're not cheap. Wow. Oh, but shipping is free. Oh, oh. how nice. <laughs> But I love and that you it's can got... buy your own soundproof cabinet and vacuum bagger for it, too. Should I buy Just... one? Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah, you can get them. You know, what I really like is that there's a quantity option there in case you needed five. <laughs> <laughs> this thing looks like a refrigerator on four giant caster wheels that you can kind of roll around and take to your, uh, take to your hard drives. It looks... Can you imagine the noise that this thing makes? Oh, my God. It must be astounding. Yeah. It's but wait, should... I'm not done with this website. There's one more thing. On the left side, down the products list, there's a thing called electronic media erasers. Okay. Okay. And when you click on that, it talks about degaussers, which are magnets, and CD, DVD, declassifier. A declassifier being a device that turns CDs into powder. <laughs> wow. It's not classified anymore. 
declassified. Now, my favorite product in this list here <laughs> is the professional hard drive degausser. <laughs> so give it, click on that hard drive degausser and take a look. The thing is $30,000, okay? <laughs> it's a box. And it's a box that weighs 44 pounds. Okay, I'm telling you what. It's a magnet with a door on it. And they want $30,000 for it. It doesn't even have a power cord. Wow. There's no blinky lights. $30,000. Does it run on batteries? Solar power? It's a magnet. Is it like you hook it up to a river or something to get power? How do you hook it? Was it wind generated? What's going on with this thing? How does this work? Magnet. It's not even an electric magnet. Not even an electric magnet. It's a solid 40-pound magnet. Wow. How do you turn but it look, off? Look, it has an erasure cycle time of 60 seconds, which means you take your hard drive, you stick it in the little door on top of the magnet, and you wait a minute. And then you pry it off with a crowbar. Oh, oh, Yeah, God. that's an interesting question. How do you get the hard drive <laughs> out of there? How do you get it out of there again? <laughs> How do you move that's that That's why thing? it's so big. It's actually, you know, you don't put the hard drives out. You just toss another hard drive in. You can only do, you know, 30 <laughs> hard drives. Hard drives. <laughs> then you have to buy another one. Dude, uh, dude, the MSRP is like 34000 They're selling it for 30000 They got a web special today. So, what a deal. <laughs> and look, again, the quantity option, if you need a few of them. Wait, I got a question. Aren't these guys the manufacturer? Yeah. So then- if that's the manufacturer suggested retail price, then why are and they're selling it for that? Then what? It must be worth it's ten the bucks online. And when you go to the store and buy it, it's that price. But the online <laughs> oh, discounted price. So you know what? I was gonna go down the street and go to the uh, go to the disintegration <laughs> the and degosser, shredding shop, the degosser store. <laughs> but uh... dude, get it online, man. You can save like four grand. Wow, what a deal! Now you know what this reminds me of a story. Okay. You want to hear a story? Uh, I love your stories, yes. man. It's a geeky story, well, but it's a special what, one. <laughs> what else Because, you know, expect? I've been a geek for a very, very long time, okay? I mean, honestly, I've, first time I laid hands on a microcomputer was 1977, so it's been a long time. So back in the early days of modeming, when we had 300 baud modems. When it was one step up from a magna doodle. Like Sweet. 1985. <laughs> I get a call from a friend of mine. <laughs> and he says, Rich, I need some help. Come on down to the IBM building. I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever's going on. He says, I got this device here and we can have it for free if we can get it out of the building. <laughs> now, what had he acquired? It was a Helid Packard 750 hard drive, 20 megabytes, about the size of a washing machine. <laughs> what okay? year? It was, and it's literally from the 1970s. This was an ancient drive, and it was basically junk as far as the IBM guys were concerned. And we could have it if we could get it out of there, which, and the reason this was difficult is the thing weighed about 400 pounds. 20 megabyte hard drive. Wow. Amazing. So we haul, we round up a few friends, we haul the thing back to Steve's place, we get it up. He's, he's in the attic above his, in his parents' place, right? <laughs> you know, teenagers of course. at this point. All right. And he decides he's going to hook it up to his 300 baud BBS. Now, it's running on an Apple II. He wrote it himself, and he's got to somehow get it connected up to this machine. So he sets to work. And I'll give you this. Brilliant guy, right? Still is to this day. Very, very smart guy. Figures out a way to make this thing work. Calls the, the drive Goliath for obvious reasons. Now, a few things he learns along the way. One is... 
The thing is so heavy, it cracks the wall plaster downstairs. <laughs> so you have to position it over a structural member. The next thing he learned about it is it consumes about $200 a month in electricity. <laughs> now, he so found funny. this out when they got the bill. It ran on two-phase power, right? 220-volt power, like your dryer, not on a regular outlet. Of course, he didn't have two-phase power up in the attic, so he had to make his own. <laughs> oh, he no. built this little box out of two separate circuits to bridge the power together to power this thing. Wow. And Sweet. It's a talented guy. So when he finally got it all up and running, I, you know, I'm, I'm up in his room, we're talking, and somebody would log on to the BBS. This is back, you know, dial-up, right? Yeah, I, I remember. One phone line, so only one person at a time can log on the site, and you write messages and stuff. And here was this 20-megabyte hard drive. And this is in an era of 160K floppies, right? Right. right. So 20 megabytes is a colossal amount of storage. Dude, you could so, have taken over the world with that BBS and the 20 megabytes alone back then. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had it all. We were, we were out of control. It gets better. He eventually got it up to 50 megabytes by rewriting the encoding system onto the drive. Wow. Basically an on-the-fly compression solution. Wow. Isn't this cool, Karen? Wow. I love this story. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Keep going, Richard. Wow. So, and the fun part, of course, is now that he couldn't leave it on all the time because it made so much, uh, consumed so much power, you'd be sitting in his room chatting about something, and somebody would log on to, to uh, the, the website or the BBS, this is before websites, and would activate Goliath. And the thing would take off, right? It's just like, <laughs> bam, walls start to shake. The room's vibrating, and it spins up to speed. And then it sort of goes, hum. And then you'd copy off what you wanted. You could hear the head seeking back and forth. Not this little pissant tick, 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 tick of your hard drives today. We're talking, bang, bang, bang. Like, it's really reading something. Richard, that's what they call the, the Sysop page. Yeah. <laughs> Sysop. <laughs> Sysops, baby. I was a co-sysop, and I was proud of it. So a couple of years later of this happy time, and we got the hard drive capacity up, and all these good things are happening, I get a phone call. He says, you better get over here. So I hurry over. I head upstairs, and as I walk into the room, I, I take a sniff of the air. Smells like electronic death. <laughs> that sort of resiny kind of smoky smell that makes yeah. you know something oh, really yeah. bad has happened. <laughs> and what had happened was this lamp, little clamping lamp on his desk, which we later named David, fell over and landed on that goofy power supply he'd built and shorted out the 5-volt supply in directly in from the AC outlet. Ooh. Ouch. Oh, jeez. Set fire to some of the boards. Oh, my right? God. Burn this thing. Oh, man. Just fried it. And he's got the cover off, and there's blast marks in the cover. A couple of the boards have holes melted through them. Yeah, that's And I'm not like, good. so uh, what do you want to do? <laughs> he says, we're going to fix it. <laughs> I got the service manuals here. Now, this thing was so old, it didn't even use conventional chips okay today all our, our electronic chips are like cmos chips yeah back then in the 80s they were ttl chips but this was older than this this were dtl chips and i'm like buddy we can't even buy these chips anymore like they're nowhere he says i know where to find them getting all so this karen we spent the next totally three months dumpster <laughs> diving so in the back of old arcade repair shops <laughs> because the old arcade video games use these chips and one of us would have like a list of all the parts we were looking for, and the other guy would be digging through these old broken PC boards looking for these chips. Awesome. And then we'd drag them back, and we'd desolder them, clean them up, and test them. Months of this, right? Trying to get this thing back together. He built new boards where they'd been burned. 
you know, rewired everything, tested each board individually till they're all working. He's wow. absolutely convinced after all this work, we have brought Goliath back to life. It's going to work again. What year was it now? Now it's like 1988. Wow. Mm. 1989. So we had a couple, three years of happy times with Goliath working. Now we spent the better part of a six months to a year getting it up and running again. And admittedly, he did most of the work. I mean, he's really, like I said, a talented guy. Built remarkable things. So I'm there the day he's going to turn it on. He's ready. He's going to try it. So he powers it up. Now, this is a big hard drive, right? <laughs> yeah. The actual disk platters are 18 inches across. They're huge. And they're in a caddy. You can remove them. And there's like eight of them in the, in, the, in the caddy. So everything's locked up. He fires the thing over. The big motor kicks over. Boom! The walls start to shake, and it hums, and it finally spins up the speed. And yet, I remember very clearly seeing the head latch release, and the head's just ripped across the length of the disc and smack into the, the bumper at the end, and the heads on the arms snap off and start pinging around inside this drive caddy, spinning at 1,500 RPM. Just <laughs> and he yanks the plug out, and it spins back down. That, that's not normal operation, right? No, that's bad. Yeah, okay. I say to him, dude, head crash. Yeah, that's not good. Serious head. There are divots out of the platters. Like, this isn't good. Not good. I think you lost that porn file. And so I say to him, and that's now months later, I say the same thing. So what do we do now? And he goes, we got the bastard. So I go over to the other side of the room, start making some phone calls, tell people Goliath isn't coming back up. Because everybody had data and stuff stuffed on this huge drive, and they wanted it back. And he's like, no, nah, we ain't getting it back. <clears throat> and Steve's so I'm making one call after that. Steve's just ripping away. He's yanking parts out, pulls the uh, <laughs> the uh, the disc platters out, separates them, makes the world's most dangerous frisbees. Right? They're <laughs> aluminum discs, eighteen inches across, coated in rust. Ouch! Don't catch them. It's a mistake. <laughs> All of a sudden, and it's good. A good hour's gone by. Right? This is awesome. He, starts, man. he goes, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "You're not gonna believe this." And I look over. This thing's the size of a dishwasher or a washing machine. It's huge, right? He is bent completely over. I can't, I can barely just see his legs. He's in the machine, <laughs> digging around. I'm like, what are you doing? He says, you're not going to believe this. He comes up, and do you remember the old slot cars? Remember the little slot cars and how they had those yeah. solid magnets, little curved U-shaped yep. magnets? Right. Exactly like that, only a 60-pound version of it. Oh, Jesus. It's huge. He Ooh. comes up with it. And it grabs at the casing that has just been pulled out of, drops out of his hand, hits the ground, shatters <laughs> into 100 pieces, which go flying all over the room, sticking to every metal object in the room. You are now fucked. <laughs> There's bits of magnet everywhere. This is why this thing was so heavy, right? The main spindle that spun the whole thing had this solid core magnet on it. So wow. we go around trying to round up all the pieces, and we're laughing because this thing's hysterical. <clears throat> but, of course, there's another one in there. <laughs> right? There's always two. They work together. So the both of us haul the second one out. Manage not to drop it. And he's like, Well, now what do we do, Batman? You know, we got this bag. He goes, We gotta show Bob this magnet. Okay, let's go. So we go ripping downstairs. Well, as we go by his monitor, the screen <laughs> yes. image is yanked off of it. The magnet bent the deflectors in the monitor permanently. Oh. The screen is now a quarter of an inch wide along the left side. Ruined. <laughs> and he's like, and after we get Bob, we got to go to a video game shop and have some fun. Oh, so man. we go down to his car, and as we're headed for the car, 
we get too close to the car with the magnet, and it sticks to the side of the car. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't get it off. (laughs) It's like, we could just drive with it here. It ain't ever coming off of there. We ended up getting a, a scissor jack sliding it between the ga- the curve of the magnet and the car and jacking it off of the car. <laughs> I haven't been ta- paying attention to all... I, I just heard, heard heard you just say something about what you did to the car. Jacked off the car. We jacked <laughs> off the car. <laughs> Wrap the big magnet in a towel so now we can slide it off of things when it sticks to stuff. <laughs> Not if, when. <laughs> yeah, because it's gonna. And then, yeah. We were deadly afraid of this magnet because it would destroy anything electronic that it got close to. It was like a portable EMP generator. Uh, (laughs) That's power. That's awesome, man. Well, that is the end of Goliath. And I'm telling you, that magnet was more powerful than this $30,000 piece of crap. (laughs) And it was free. (laughs) You should have thought about selling that for $30,000. If I'd only known. Right. Dude, do you regret that that first one broke? Oh, because we've had pieces if you had, of magnet for years. If you had both of those, you could make a big ass slot car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about that baby, man. <laughs> I'd be like digging ruts all over the place for the slot, you know? Oh. That would be awesome. Great story, Richard. Oh, I got a girly toy. You want a girly toy? Um, okay. Something for Karen. <laughs> a little, little something for Karen. All right, hook me Are you up. Ready? Hook Go me for up. it. Shrinkster.com slash 40V, as in Victor. From my bad USB collection of Japanese toys. Wow. The Hello Kitty iPod Mini. Uh, Because everybody needs a pink iPod with Hello Kitty on it. Uh, Oh, good Lord. Oh, God. What's an iPod? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to love it, Karen. I know you will. Just think. If it has Hello Kitty on it. (laughs) Hey, Richard, I think I missed the the shrinkster number on that. What was it again? 40V is in Ah, I did miss it. I got the wrong one. All right. So what are the things that scroll up? What are the little bears at the bottom? Do they dance? Is it you put your iPod in the bear and then it dances? Oh, no. They're keychains. Oh. They're keychains that have a fake iPod mini on them. Yeah. That's hard to resist. Oh boy! See, oh, this the isn't Hello Kitty is hard to resist. This isn't even uh, funny to hello. me because I have a nine-year-old daughter Kitty. and she loves this kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so this is just this sad. is just reality sadness for me. I'm sorry to <laughs> yeah. t- I'm sorry to say. Emmy, d- what color is her iPod? Does she have like a funky color? She doesn't have an iPod. No, she has. She actually has a uh, MP3 player. Uh, she has an MP3 player that I got from being an MVP, an MP3 MVP player. Yeah. Cast off swag to your children. How yeah, could I did. You? I did. Well, you know, she got a lot more use out of it than I did because I already have like three of those things. So <laughs> it was a a Creative Labs one. Anyway, yeah. what's the next toy, Richard? Oh, I got a I got a pair that work together, and it and it goes back to a conversation we had a while ago about the whole cassette tape thing, where you want your iPod in your car so you can. You get the cassette tape adapter that yeah. gives you the output for your iPod. Yeah. I got a couple other solutions oh, for you. I want that. Wait. So are you talking, you're talking about real cassette tapes that, that yeah, normal people right. use. Okay. And so what is that that you can use that? You, you can get a little cassette tape that goes in your cassette tape player that gives you a plug so you can plug your, your MP3 player into it. What if you don't have a cassette player in your car? Like, do you Well, have... then you're screwed. You're out of luck. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But here is an alternative solution to the same sort of thing. 
40 S's in Sierra. Shrinkster.com, 40 S. So, this is a cassette player, a cassette tape, that is an MP3 player. It's just a cassette tape, all right? And the nice thing about it is it is an MP3 player, so you can use it on its own. (laughs) And you can stick it into a tape player, like one in your car, to play your MP3s. Wow. This is good. I like this, man. They have an 8-track tape model, too, right? I heard about this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Has anybody got an 8-track tape player still working? I think my mom does, actually. Do you think? I'm pretty sure she does. Wait a minute. What titles does she have? Does she have a Casey and the the Sunshine Band? The Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makeham. Uh And every Frank Sinatra album. Uh Uh-huh. The summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Frank. Oh, man. Carl, you know you got a career in Vegas, I think. Absolutely. I am Mr. Vegas. I have another cassette tape for you. Okay. This one is a bit more exotic. It's at shrinkster.com slash 40T as in tango. Are you ready for this? This is actually new. That MP3 player is pretty cool, but it's been around. But this thing, oh, Bluetooth. this is over the top. Huh. This wow. is a cassette tape that's actually a Bluetooth interface. Wow. So you plug this into your cassette tape player, and then... You use your Bluetooth-enabled MP3 player, like my little MPX220 here, to be able to play back wirelessly. That's wow. cool. That is cool. Is that geeky enough for you? That's cool, man. That you know, guys, my sense is Bluetooth's going to die and Wi-Fi's just going to take over. You know what? I wouldn't argue with you there either. And I'm it's... not real unhappy about it because Bluetooth is a total pain in the ass. It's just there's not a lot of bandwidth room there, and it's taking up the same frequency spread that Wi-Fi does. Right. Yeah. What an and asshole whoever invented that. <laughs> man. Plus, the interface is a pain in the ass. Like, trying to get things to work together, True. just getting everything synced, it's a nuisance. Yeah. That, it should be very cool. That guy on this site just looked like Will Ferrell. Did you notice that? I Yeah. That was Scott Hanselman. He looks like Will Ferrell. Okay. So, anyway. the uh, <laughs> you know You know what has a really nice wireless interface is those wireless mice that have the connect button. Why can't it be that easy? Why can't you press a connect button on one side, a connect button on the other, and they just find each other? And you're done. Yeah, speaking of food, I uh, while I was uh, working at the location I was working at, the undisclosed location I was working at last week, uh, one of my coworkers said, you know, you're just like uh, that guy in the Super Size Me movie, except for you're for real. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you eat at McDonald's all the time. And I said, dude, I've yes, got rules. Like, no more than two visits to McDonald's in a day. Uh-huh. It's not like I'm that guy in the show, because he went like three times a day. But I have this metabolism that destroys, you know, lard. And so I like, uh, and it's not like I shoot it out in large squirts out of my butt or anything. It just like, you know. Thank you yeah, but for I can that. send you to Thank a link you. to somebody who does. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So anyway, I'm like, I'm thinking about this. And, and the more I think about this, he, or he makes this comment, he said, you should be the Jared of McDonald's. <laughs> and, and I'm like, Jared. Now, Jared, if you guys don't know this, you guys aren't in the United States. There's this, this, uh, fast food chain called Subways and they sell sandwiches and they got this guy who used to be really fat who who was their customer. He ate there all the time and he lost a lot of weight. So he's now a big star. He makes a lot of money and he yep. says, hi, I'm Jared. I'm not fat anymore. And it's because I sat my fat ass down at Subways until it wasn't <laughs> fat anymore. 
That's the essence of the commercial. And I was thinking, I can do the same for McDonald's. Because now the only thing I, I, I realized, though, is I'm missing is I, a I'm missing picture. a before me picture. <laughs> That's right. Right? So I found this one. It's at shrinkster.com slash 485. Oh, man. And I think, I think they'll buy this. So, <laughs> so, the, so I'm going to send McDonald's the, the before me and then the after me is still me, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a picture of Fat Bastard from Boston Power. No, no, don't tell them that. You the see, that's, the, that's you. I'm oh, counting yeah. on no one at McDonald's organization having seen that movie for this thing to be a success, okay? <laughs> Oh so, man! Because I, I mean, like, think about it. Like, like my exercise plan, for example, it's get out, start walking, take a brisk walk to McDonald's, <laughs> then walk back. Well, guys, I didn't, I didn't... I'm the only guy. I think I'm the only guy in the world who's had a sausage McGriddle on both coasts of the United States in the same day. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm now think about that. Okay, what is required to make that happen, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm taking a you know regular commercial flight, right? So this you... happened when I was in Orlando. Speaking uh, of Orlando, I go there. I'm in the, early in the morning. You yeah. know, they start serving their their sausage McGriddles. I'm there, baby. Get on the plane, fly to L.A. It's before 1030. They're still serving <laughs> breakfast. I'm back for another one. Oh, God. So anyway, if there are any executives from McDonald's listening, I'm your guy. I'm your Jared, man. That's Guys, so gross. this was so much fun. And I know, I know we had uh, a lot better time this week than we usually do. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe not. Edit point. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys next week. Stay well. Love each other. Peace. Peace. Peace.